This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, so how's it going? Well, a little behind the scenes action here. It's Valentine's Day. And if I see another happy couple, I'm going to throw myself off my balcony. Dr. Sarah, get in here. (laughs) (laughs) For real, you can take your long stem roses and your Gucci bags (laughs) and your nonsense cupcake bullshit and shove it up your ass, okay? Okay, well. Yes, I'm bitter. Deal with it. (laughs) Would you like to hear how Sarah and I have always done Valentine's Day? Because we don't. Exactly. That was like, yes, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. No, we have never, like tonight we went out for dinner, but that's because her aunt was in town. Um, We have. You went out to dinner with family. That's not, that's not, that's an account for Valentine's Day. Right. So we've never (laughs) gone out for like a Valentine's date, partially because when our relationship started, your boy had zero dollars and zero cents in his bank account. So, oh, I'm sorry. Have they exchanged since then? <laughs> yes, now I have one dollar and zero cents in my bank account. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. Well, I'm making um, that teacher money <laughs> to cap off on my hate for this holiday and for the male species in general. Save for you. Uh, we're gonna do this Chris Watts thing. <laughs> I figured there's no more appropriate night. You and I have both had a couple of drinks. I took all those oral steroids, so you know that. Oh, the- I'm gonna be shwasted by the end of this. Just so man, you know. I wish I'm gonna I'm see so what excited. other obscure medicine I can mix with my alcohol that won't actually kill me. Because <laughs> oh, that's the problem, right? Because I do go to Rhode Island in a you know in some hours, and I'm not packed yet. <laughs> but I really think you need to text Anna later and tell her that you're you've adopted her style of packing, which is like just not packing and throwing a bunch of shit in a suitcase as you walk out the door. <laughs> Here's how unprepared I am versus how like normally prepared I am. Sarah can see that I'm freaking out. So tonight she was like, I'm going to take a bath and then I'm going to pack for you because you need some help. She really is the best. That's love. But, um, that's love. Yeah. Will Sarah come like run my life for a while? Can she leave you to your own devices for a week or so and come deal with my shit here? You and I both know if she left me to my own devices, this house would be on fire and all because I tried to microwave like a, uh, I almost said a Pop Tart. I do not microwave Pop Tarts. (laughs) (laughs) A hot pocket. (laughs) A Pop Tart. Oh, this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> I've already panicked because I couldn't find my notes because uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> because you did them three weeks ago? Yes. And I'm still mad about them. Not the notes, but the story. But like... It's cool. Yeah, I had to be intoxicated to even talk about this again. So here we are. Here we are. <laughs> um. Well, I did cut my whole thumb open with a razor blade tonight just because I'm an idiot, not because I was doing anything. Yeah. Um, And then I just got paint on my wound. So I hope that I don't die of infection. (laughs) At this point, if it's my time, it's my time. Take me home. Right. God's plan. (laughs) God's plan. Yeah. So I finished The Hate You Give. Did you love it and also cry a whole lot? 
I did both of those things. Yep. You can't not. Listen, I've read some incredible books this year already. That was amazing. If you haven't read The Hate You Give by Allie Thomas, right? Allie Thomas? That sounds right, but I never know. I was saying Allie Fox. I was Angie, Angie Thomas. Angie Thomas. Wow. Okay. If you have not read it, go get it, read it. It's so good. It's thought provoking. It is culturally, culturally relevant right now. Mm -hmm. It is politically relevant right now. It is all kinds of relevant right now, especially for a YA book. Yes. Well, I'm probably going to make my kid read it this summer, whether he wants to or not. That's all the, like, that's the number one reason I picked it up was all the buzz surrounding that it was really the first, like, own voices YA book about the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement. Woo, we're on fire. We're going to (laughs) now refer to it as the Black Lives movement, because that's all I can get out, apparently. Um, We're horrible people. So I, I was very, um, impressed by how well it dealt with big topics in a way that were like YA appropriate. You know, they didn't overly gruesomeize anything. They didn't, uh, you know, it was just like, here's the story. It's such a But they didn't sugarcoat it either. They didn't gloss over it. Right. And they very much kept with the tone of how angry she deserved to be and her reactions to those things happening to her in a way that I felt very true. Yes. To like how a teenager would react to something where a, like you're scared, but B like, you're so mad. You want to act out. Right. Yeah. Now, um, two, when I read that book, I immediately followed it with when Dimple met Rishi, which is about as opposite as you can possibly get. Um, <laughs> Dimple met Rishi is about a, um, an Indian American girl who identifies very strongly with her, like American side of life. She's very well adjusted to this world where, um, she is a very progressive woman and she wants to go into computer science. And, um, her father's this very traditional Indian man. And, um, right. What she doesn't know is that her parents have actually have her in an arranged marriage. And the only reason her parents let her go to this STEM camp that she wants to go to is because Rishi, her betrothed, is going to be there. And mom and dad are hoping that she'll just meet Rishi in like a a Disney movie, fall in love with him. So she naturally meets him and hates his gut. Uh-huh. Well, especially because the t- like when they meet, she's laying on a... Um, fountain by a Starbucks just like enjoying the sunlight she's closed her eyes for a minute the water splashing and he comes up and says well hello my future wife (laughs) (laughs) so Oh, boys are so dumb. Right? Well, she immediately thinks he's a creep for that because she has no idea right. that they're betrothed. That he's, he, like, betrothed. But yeah. he does. So he's got this, like, picture of her that he's been looking at and dreaming of their life together. And so it's their summer together trying to deal with things and, and um, her accepting both halves of her culture and... 
understanding you can be equally in both places and in mm-hmm. you know in both experiences uh, in a way that as a white man I will never have to make that choice but also mm-hmm. that I will never understand in a way that I can write it the way that this author did right so my book of the month books came um, this week and so I'm back on my bullshit my psychological thriller bullshit I am almost finished with uh, the family upstairs oh so good which is it's so good oh my god and then I also got um, an arc of you are not alone which is the new Greer Hendrix and uh, Sarah Buchanan I've not heard of it so they wrote an anonymous girl okay have you heard of an anonymous girl so that was their debut okay so yeah I'm I'm gonna be busy and then my my galentine's book club friend sent me um the starless sea which I've been really looking forward to reading too but it's really long so I'm trying to get through these others first so I can review them and then dive into that one right well I picked up and then we'll (laughs) get into like the reason people actually listen to us um yeah I picked up today the huntress which is about a woman who seduces Nazi like German Nazis yes and kills them and then kills them (laughs) and I'm so pumped for this book Yay! That's exciting. I wondered when I read the back if it's inspired by, um, I don't remember their names, but you know they were the two sisters and the other girl who um, did that historically, like, actually did it. And I just want to know. It's on a wine and crime episode. It is. (laughs) All right. All right. Welcome to Lifetime Sentence, where we discuss books and only books. I'm Paul. (laughs) I'm Erin, and why don't we just discuss this motherfucker? Can we go back to books? Yes, please. <laughs> I will literally, can I just, I'll just read a book out loud to you all and then we'll all go to sleep. Yes. It's like Audible for free, guys. <laughs> Don't tell anyone about us because we'll get sued. <laughs> we'll read my book. I'll read my book, Typos and All. Oh, yes. Please read your book. I would, wait, that would be so good for Patreon. I'm so on board. <laughs> I'll just listen to you read your own book. World's longest. Or we can alternate. I'll read a chapter and you read a chapter. That sounds perfect. (laughs) And then we'll send our people to riot at Amazon until they just publish it. Right? You know. Because it should be. I was about to make this more about me, but I'm not. Let's talk about this asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Three weeks ago, I (laughs) was. I watched Chris Watts Confessions of a Killer, which is still listed in IMDb as, quote, the untitled Chris Watts project. I noticed that. (laughs) Oh, it stars Ashley Williams. Come to brunch with me. Um, She plays Shanann Watts. Um, She is from How I Met Your Mother. She played... Ted's best girlfriend on How I Met Your Mother, Victoria. I could not agree um, more. She was also in. She was also in Something Borrowed. I actually forgot about that one until I was looking at the IMDb, but I loved that movie. Is she the lead? No, she. Uh, so have you have you read it? It's an Emily Giffen book. I think I watched it and not read it. Okay, so she played like the um, John Krasinski's like. The girl that his stage five clinger that follows him around. Yes. All summer. Okay. Yeah. 
And then she also is in one of my favorite Christmas movies, Christmas and Evergreen. By far the best Lifetime, or I'm sorry, Hallmark Christmas movie that there is. And um, she also... Except this is not on her at all. Like, this is not her fault. But in that movie, there's a cow who gives birth and it delivers a cow that's a complete different breed. Yes. Well, have you ever seen women give birth on television? Because <laughs> when they pull out like the sixteen-week-old <laughs> child, it's like, here's your thirty-pound baby. They've slapped like spaghetti sauce and Jello on it to try to make it look authentic. And she also just premiered a short at Sundance called Meats, and it's got it's getting quite the buzz. So is it? Yes. Sean Clear, 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 hmm. plays Chris Watts. Chris Watts is the worst. Sean Clear, Clear is hot. Um, he's an Ant Man. Okay. And called Odd Mom Out. Do you know that I'm actually kind of really upset that they cast a hot guy in this role because I feel like it should be a troll from under a bridge. Yes, or like Nicholas Cage, or like. <laughs> Who's the guy with the the creepy eyes? Um, Steve Buscemi? (laughs) 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 Not even like, Uh, not even like 20 years ago, Steve Buscemi. I'm talking today at 60 something years old. Right now. (laughs) (laughs) Not a (laughs) Groothwood. And that's his only line in the whole movie. Delivered just like that. <laughs> oh, God. And finally, we have Brooke Smith. She plays our hero, Detective Tammy Lee, who takes no shit from anybody, especially not this motherfucker. Um, she is from Grey's Anatomy. Um, she played Dr. Erica Hahn. So, like, early Grey's. Okay. I did watch early Grey's. Um, she's the first chick that Callie hooks up with. Oh, okay. Thank you. I know exactly. And she's that. the doctor. They stole the heart from, for Denny. They stole it from her. And then she had to end up coming in and put it, putting it in him because they cut his Elvad wire. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> At this point, come on. Where have you been? It's been out for like 15 years. If you haven't seen it yet, that's not my problem. Um, she was, so she's like on a true crime kick because she was in Bombshell. Okay. The movie about Megyn Kelly yeah. and the Fox thing. Um, unbelievable. The movie on Netflix about that girl who was raped and was prosecuted for, quote unquote, lying, lying. to the police. And she was in the act. Oh, really? Yeah. Man. She's, she's after our little true crime hearts here. Yeah. like Is she just trying to get a guest spot on the show? Because you don't have to try that hard. You really don't. Just slide into our DMs and we'll fangirl all over you. You don't have to you don't have to flex that hard to get on here. All you have to do is basically exist and be better than me and Aaron and like that's a really low bar most days. Really is an exceptionally low bar. <laughs> we open with home footage home video footage of the girls with news report audio over the top. Um, we cut to Chris Shaking his leg and tapping his finger on a table, intercut with a video of Shanann and the girls. We get the title card and then cut immediately to that interview. No. 
So I remember when the story broke and scrolling through Facebook and watching this video of him giving a, an interview to the news station. Uh-huh. And I remember the first time I laid eyes on him, I was like, he did it. He did it. He had those dead eyes. I don't know how to explain yes. it. I was like, I was a hundred percent sure that he was guilty. Um, also, I need to shout out the wardrobe department because they, they get all of their wardrobes, like to a T what they're wearing in this like news footage and stuff. Wow. I love when things are that well it's researched. Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, our shifty eyed fuckwad awful family annihilator is giving an interview saying he doesn't know where his family is. Maybe they took off. Maybe they were kidnapped. He just like really wants them to come home. Dude, like fuck you so much. Um, he goes inside and sits on the stairs <laughs> In this movie, you can tell time is passing by the light moving across the floor. And it's actually, like, pretty interesting. It's like a new, you know, it's not the speeding clock. It's like a new thing okay. for them. You know. Right. Yeah. Mm. Cut to him meeting our hero queen, Tammy Lee. And she's there to give him a polygraph test. And they basically take this interaction verbatim from the actual interview. She says if he has nothing to do with his wife's disappearance, this test will prove it. And the only way to fail the test is if he doesn't listen to her instructions or if he, he like, lies. <laughs> That's fair. And I really want to point out how lie detectors are very unreliable, but also, like, we'll get to how spectacularly he failed this shit in a little bit. <laughs> Um, he says he's never had a lie detector test done on him before and Tammy's like yeah dude most people haven't <laughs> well, I, I do I do question at like what juncture in his life does he think he should have gotten one like everyone turns 18 and they're ushered in for their government lie detector test okay I'm sorry I said that out <laughs> loud because now someone's going to tell Trump god Listen, if that gets to Trump's ears, we'll know it's from one of our listeners and we will track you down. We, we will find you. Okay, let's not threaten them like that because we both know that we have really shitty FBI agents. Listen. They'll tattle. This guy agent will tattle. <laughs> no one likes a narc. And also, I'm probably a better FBI agent myself than my own FBI agent, and so I'll get that shit done myself. Don't you worry. <laughs> He's oh, sorry. There's people racing in the parking lot downstairs. Oh, apparently, I was like, I don't know if that's Aaron's stomach growling. Like I thought she just eaten, but it maybe not. I, <laughs> um, she reassures him that they do this with all missing person cases. She says this will help the police like know that he's cleared and then obviously it would be very stupid to voluntarily take a lie detector test if you had committed the crime and he's like obviously <laughs> uh, he's like I totally get it I'm not a liar this is all fine I'm going to tell you the truth the whole time um, she asks him to catch her up on his life with Shanann, and we flash back to the video of Shanann telling him that she's pregnant with their third child. 
He comes home and looks at her shirt, which says, oops, we did it again. Brittany I mean, is you proud said- of you. I know. Oh, let's not make fun of Shanann. I'm not making fun of Shanann. I'm making fun of Brittany. Any chance okay. I get it? Anytime I get a chance to make fun of Brittany. Um. So he comes out, looks at her shirt, he laughs a little, and then realizes she's holding a pregnancy test. He seems very excited, and they kiss, and we cut to the oil tanks he's working on. His coworker finds his wedding ring, and we find out that it keeps slipping off because he just lost 30 pounds using Strive, which made me die laughing because in real life the MLM they're referencing is called Thrive. That's hilarious. I had no idea. Okay. That was a stretch. <laughs> he gives the whole spiel about how it works and normally I would rail on MLMs, but today I'm not going to because that's not the point of this movie. Um, <laughs> we have bigger fish to fry. Make a movie about MLMs and I will, I will rail on them for an hour. I don't care. They did. <laughs> Didn't we cover Nexium already? Oh, it's true. <laughs> Make another movie. Make another movie about an MLM that's not so sad. Yeah, like I, I just legging movie. I say I just want to talk shit about um, Advocare. Yes. <laughs> hey, they were recently actually declared a pyramid scheme. I know. So it was a crime. <laughs> Lifetime intern. Write that down. <laughs> His coworker gives him a gift card as congrats on the new baby and says to take Shanann out to dinner. Shanann is doing a Facebook video for Strive about how much she loves her job and how she's won two free trips already because she gets to travel and she gets to help people and everybody deserves to love their job. God, this is everyone I know who's ever done. Fuck, what is this that my friend keeps trying to tell me all the time? Plexus. Oh, sure. Everyone. Plexus, Herbalife, Advocare, Mary Kay, LipSense. Um, I'd forgotten about LipSense. They kind of gone away. Uh, what were the nails before Color Street? Oh, Jamberry. Jamberry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, MLMs are a nightmare. Go listen to the Dream Podcast. This is about Shannon Watts. Um, <laughs> her friend... <laughs> Uh, her friend comes over and they talk about the new baby. Shanann's friend comments that Shanann's husband is looking quite well. And Shanann gushes over how great he's been feeling and how he's been going to the gym constantly. And he even got his sixth pack back. Oh, and I realized, like, this is where I stopped using his name. So I will not use his name for the rest of the story. I think that's only fair at this point. Yeah. What a douche. Okay. So she Shanann shows her an app that tracks your credit card charges in case they get stolen. That will come back. Her friend asks about her trip and Shanann says that it's going to be great because her parents and her in-laws are going to be there to help with the kids. She just feels sorry for her poor, sad, decrepit husband who is just going to have to um, be alone all by himself at home. Spoiler alert, he will not. <laughs> um, Shanann makes a video for him telling him how blessed they are and how much they love him and wishing him a happy Father's Day. And I hope this guy dies a painful death. Um, she meets him for dinner and he tells her that she looks sexy and they toast, quote, to a boy. No, no, sir. Sit down. 
I fucking can't. Let's toast to a healthy child. Yes. And they start talking about baby names. He suggests that they make the baby a second. Family annihilator asshole the second. That seems <laughs> like... You rolled off the tongue. <laughs> can you imagine calling roll on the first day of school? <laughs> And Shanann's like, mm-mm, nope. And she's like, how about Nico? He's like, and my middle name will be the baby's middle name? And she's like, mm, no. I'm thinking his middle name will be Lee. <laughs> <laughs> the waiter comes and she orders for both of him of them, which annoys him, but nobody cares what annoys him at this point. Um, but she says they should... Hey, Aaron, oh, he's like... I think right now is the perfect time to talk to you about um, the way you treat masculinity. It's fragile and precious, and we should, we should, I can't even make it through. (laughs) This guy can go fuck himself so many times. Um, uh, So he's like, ooh, what we should do is just leave and go home and have sex. Um, they do, but they're interrupted by one of the girls looking for a toy. Shannon hops up to help and he lays in bed and suffers from blue balls, which is imaginary, but he totally looks like that kind of dude that would claim it's worse than childbirth. So there we are. Oh, listen, if you've never experienced it, I can't. <laughs> Tonight seems like a good night to find out if I can reach through this camera and slap you silly. <laughs> Uh, Shanann and the girls leave for North Carolina back in the interrogation room Tammy Lee says it sounds like they were a very happy family and he agrees that they were until they weren't anymore last time he spoke with her she wanted to separate how dare she Tammy asks what she's missing since everything looks great on the ass on the outside. And he just shrugs and said, you'd have to ask her. Uh, 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 uh. I want to punch everything right now. I forgot how much this pissed me off. Um, I, we are under liquored for this. We, mm. we talked about being absolutely drunk for this episode and I wish we'd have done it. Yeah. Back at work, he puts his wedding ring in his pocket and goes to flirt with the receptionist. Like you do. If I had a Um, dollar for every... No. I would have zero dollars. Yeah. She gives him her card, and I was like, what receptionist has a business card? Sorry? Well, (laughs) also, like, is it just the office number that he would have already? Because she's the receptionist? (laughs) Like, call me, ask for me, because it's me? Like... (laughs) They flirt some more and she says to call her if he has any problems or even if he doesn't have any problems. Wow. Um, at home, he's watching very bad porn on the big screen TV. Um, he digs around in the fridge, but I guess there's no sex in there. So he calls the receptionist Nikki. <laughs> I was not prepared for that statement. <laughs> I hate this guy so much Um, they go on a hike he mentions his kids and shows her a photo 
Nikki sees Shanann in the photo and says, oh, you're married. But he says, no, they're super separated. And it's that super that made it true. When your wife goes on vacation without you, that does not make you separated. (laughs) Right. Um... Oh, oh, he tells her, we're separated, but we still live together. That's not actually how separation works. Like, (laughs) so when they tell you to separate two eggs, that means you take the yolk out of the white and you, you, you actually keep them apart from each other. That's how separation works. Separated. (laughs) Oh God. Um, Back at the police station, they ask him if he was seeing someone else. And he says, no, he is for sure not that kind of guy. Now, when you say seeing... a cold-blooded killer. When you say seeing, do you mean like, do I look at other people? Because how can I not look at other people? You're being ridiculous now. This is all you. I mean, he's blind, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see... People know him, okay? So he's not about to go, like, messing around because people know who he is. Well, I mean, he's not wrong. All of America knows who he is now. (laughs) That is true. Um, In North Carolina, Shanann and the girls are hanging with her family. She does a Facebook video about mindfulness and how grateful she is for her health because she has lupus and the Strive product really helped her. And this is what I hate about MLMs. They take advantage of people with actual illnesses and it really sucks. Um, She starts talking about how much it helped her husband as well. And we cut to him lifting weights in the gym. And this actor has a damn good body. But then he checks himself out in the mirror and ruins it all. I mean, that's what I do. Every time I walk past a mirror, I just check myself out and go, is that role new? Like, I mean, you wear it well, but I don't remember I that. Mean, listen, I do check myself out in every mirror I come across, but also I'm not a crazy killer. Um... He's sitting at a bar waiting for Nikki and Shanann calls. He tells her the. he talks to the kids and tells them he loves them, etc. Shanann gets back on the phone and says, tell me something good, which was so eerie because that's something that I say to people all the time. Yes, you have said that to me. But Nikki walks in, so he just hangs up on her. He gives Nikki a birthday present, a book, The Wandering Traveler. He also gives her a card that says, quote, Nikki, your energy is insane. You heat me up, you make me melt, and then you cool me down like rain. Happy birthday. Microwave. And let's add poet to the list of things he's really bad at. (laughs) Microwave. The word you're looking for is microwave. If they heat you up, I think you are just referring to a Pop-Tart. (laughs) you're not the kind of monster that puts a pop tart in the microwave are you (laughs) i feel like this should be the test like from now on if you any how do you cook a pop tart any first date you go on you have to ask that question oh no i told you earlier tonight i'm not ever letting a man touch me again thanks bye you can Uh, date without being listen free meal is a free meal i don't care how you get it I do care how you get it. No, no. Um, okay. 
he's paying the bill and he uses his visa and the alert for the charge goes to Shanann's cell phone. I did not see that coming. No, see? If only they put foreshadowing in there to tell me. <laughs> While he's fucking Nikki in the backseat of his car, Shanann calls and he ignores it. He tells Tammy Lee that while Shanann was away, they talked, but not a lot. He could feel her pulling away and their phone messages got less, quote, hot and heavy. The spark was just missing. Now, when he says phone messages, does he mean text messages or are they leaving these like intricate voicemails that were like <laughs> crazy, crazy like phone sex? Because I don't know how I feel about. Well, I think the answer you're looking for here is neither because he's making this all up. Um, it's Cece's birthday. Oh, baby. He's watching Shanann's Facebook Live at the birthday party. But unfortunately, Nikki just send, keeps sending him pics of herself in lingerie. So like any normal American man would do, he stops watching his child's birthday party and drives to her house. <laughs> What else would you expect him to do? He has one need, Aaron. <laughs> oh. Shanann is sitting on the stairs watching the kids play with her mom. Her mom asks how she is, and Shanann says she's super busy and tells her mom, like, not to start in about her gross husband, please. Meanwhile, he and Nikki are in bed talking about traveling. You can tell he's a douche because he's wearing a cord necklace. Oh, hard pass. <laughs> Does he also have his sunglasses backwards on the, like, upside down on the back of his head? <laughs> on the brim of his head. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but I know what you're talking about. Um, Nikki says she likes wildflowers best because they don't need anything from anyone. They grow wherever they want, beautiful and free. They start fooling around. And Nikki asks him if he's ever done this before or if it's different. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Maybe it's anal. Maybe it's just that. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, you said that all in one breath. So I thought you meant the flowers started fooling around like Nikki was making some kind of uh, metaphor for flowers. And I was like, I'm really behind now. Like, I looked down for one minute and now the flowers are fucking like, I don't get it. <laughs> He says she's different and God, I can see the bullshit flying out of his mouth and it's so painful, especially since I've been in similar situations recently. And I know that some people will say literally anything to keep you eating out of the palm of their hand. In North Carolina, Shanann sees her father-in-law. Oh God, I forgot about this. If it's like he real life, I don't want to hear it. He brings a bunch of toys and she says, oh, are these for the girls? But he says, no, it's for the boy. And Shanann's like, I don't actually know if I'm having a boy. And he's like, well, it's time for a boy. Time to carry on the family name. So just make it a boy. OK, Not good talk. Bye. And I'm glad to see that the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. Now, this is the perfect place for our typical caveat. People have shitty dads all the time and don't kill people. True story. <laughs> but all the time. But you're not wrong in the apple situation here. Yes. Um, 
So in the interrogation room, they ask him how he kept busy while Shanann was out of town. And he says, quote, I was just here keeping up with the house, working, etc. And we cut to him fooling around with Nikki, you know. No, I did he was- not see that coming. <laughs> Shanann calls and interrupts all his fun. Wah. So she tells him she's not feeling well and she's super tired. And is he listening? Because he doesn't really seem like he wants to talk to her. And... um. He says, no, he's just, like, super tired, too. Shanann brings up the credit card charge because that's the card they're trying to pay down, and he apologizes and says he won't use it again. He tells her to tell the girls that he loves them and hangs up again. Shanann sits up with a cup of tea, and her mom comes to sit with her. Nikki is at a fancy restaurant with him. The waitress brings the bill and he pays with the gift card that his coworker gave him to take his wife to dinner because she's pregnant. Fuck you. I just thought if I said it one long time, that would count for all the times I've wanted to say it so far. Uh, he takes Nikki back to his house so he can grab some more clothes. She comments on how nice the house is and asks why they're not divorced yet. He says it's all just super complicated. She wouldn't understand. And then Nikki sees a photo of the family and freaks out. She says she can't be responsible for destroying the family. And he's like, no, no, it's totally over. Totally Listen, done. I already destroyed it. You're fine. Mm-hmm. But Nikki isn't having it. She tells him to take her home. Back in North Carolina, Shanann is talking to her friend about why her husband is acting so weird. Her friend says it's probably just trying to adjust to all the changes. This is just how marriage works. It'll totally go back to normal. And me, I'm like in my living room, like, girl, take your kids and run. Right? At work, he brings Nikki flowers and apologizes. At first, she tells him to go away, but eventually she gives in. And I'm like, girl, you too. You start running. Carry one of those kids. Just go. (laughs) (laughs) Just grab one. (laughs) (laughs) Either one. It's fine. Um, She doesn't run. They go camping instead. Um, Never go camping. (laughs) He sits by the lake and Googles... When to tell someone I love you. Um, If you have to Google it, you're not ready. Additionally, probably not why you're still married to someone else. That too. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe wait until you're like actually separated. Not just like. I mean, they're in separate places. That's that whole egg analogy all over again. He did pull the yolk out this time and send her to deal with his parents. Different area codes, right? That's that ludicrous song. Right. Later, he talks to Shanann while Nikki breaks down camp. Oh, oh, he wait. He he tells her that he loves her. Good for you, asshole. You know, um, I was later. I was just sitting here thinking my whole review of this movie hinges on if he says I love you or not, because I can't watch a rom-com where he doesn't say I love you. <laughs> oh, later, he is talking to Shanann while Nikki breaks down camp because he makes her do it. Ugh, no. 
Shanann asks where he's been because she's been super worried something has happened to him. He promises to make it up to her, but she's mad. So she says she is tired of begging him to talk to her. So she'll just see him on Tuesday. She hangs up and he gets back to Nikki. Tammy Lee asks him if maybe Shanann was seeing someone else. And he says he doesn't know. But if she is, she he doesn't care. He just wants her to come home and they'll figure it out together. I just want to like brief reminder that this dude knew where exactly where she was this whole time. I'm just so angry that I have no words. Oh, it's going to get angrier. Hold on. I know. I forgot. There's a whole reason that we didn't do this case whenever the movie first came out. And we thought distance would make it better, but no distance did not make it better. We're just mad later. Yes. Well, it's fine. We're going to get through this. Um, He goes to North Carolina and plays with the kids while Shanann argues with her mom about sunscreen, which is very real. (laughs) The whole family drives to Myrtle Beach. They go play at the beach. But on their way back, Shanann confronts him about why he's acting so weird. He says things are just a little off but it's fine it's whatever Shanann does not accept this she says it seems like he's happier alone and the past five weeks have been awful for her she also says that she misses smelling him in the sheets and I was like um really that's something Sarah says she's very like I find it weird when she says it but she apparently is used to my scent does that sound as bizarre coming out of my mouth yes Yes, I wash my sheets. Maybe I am meant to be alone. I don't know. Every day? (laughs) No, once a week. Um, she asked him what's going on and if he, if he even wants the baby. He doesn't answer her, and she's like, "Dude, what the fuck? Like, you're the one that wanted to have another baby." He says he just liked their family the way it was. And I hate him so much. Why can't we go back to when we were all friends in middle school? Shanann says if he's done, she needs to know. But he insists that he isn't. He just needs time to adjust. Later, Shanann crawls in bed with him and he says he's going to fix this and things will get better. He tells Tammy Lee that something definitely came to a head in North Carolina, that Shanann was distant and cold, etc. And we cut to him explaining to Nikki that they only look happy in photos for social media and it assures her that they are done and he only loves Nikki. I only have eyes. Fuck you. <laughs> Listen, the only person this guy has eyes for is himself. Yep. Um... When he gets back, he goes to her house and tells her how much he missed her. Cut to him naked on the floor, and I'm here for that. The actor? Right, right. Found him. Steve Buscemi, Um, naked on the floor. (laughs) Nikki is looking at houses for him and the girls to live in. Shanann does a video about a trip she's going on to Scottsdale. He comes in and she ends the video. They fight because he was an hour late to their doctor's appointment and she thought he would really be happy because she is actually having a boy. Don't make me madder. He said he had things to think about. He tells Shanann he wants to start over and forget about the last six weeks. He says he'll they'll take a trip together or something. And she starts to cry and hugs him. And I hate this. Um, 
So Shanann goes on her trip. He tells Tammy Lee that she was really mad, but he didn't have time to think about it because he was so busy with the kids. The kids being Nikki and her lady parts. Right. I mean, that's what I assume. The sex flowers and Nikki. Like, that's all there's left. (laughs) Sex flowers. Um, Because he's definitely not talking about his two children because I don't think he spent five seconds with them in this movie on this trip. Um, So finally, it's time for the polygraph. Tammy Lee hooks him up to the machine and explains it all to him. He's so tense and jiggly. She asks if he's ready. And he's like, yes, let's do this. Tammy Lee gives him the test. He lies, 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 lies the whole way through. Now, have I mentioned how awful this is yet? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, I'm going to. If you um, have, I've missed it. We flash back through the movie while he gives, while she gives the test. We see Shanann arriving home from her trip. They recreate that eerie uh, security camera footage that shows her, like, walking into her oh, house for the last time. No. Oh, it's about to get real dark. Yeah, because it was all sunshine and rainbows to this point. Yeah, but I'm, like, going to stop making fun, and it's just going to be dark. (laughs) And then to the body cam footage of the wellness check for her friend Amber called in when no one was able to reach her. The murderer arrives on the scene, and he is not happy that there are cops at his house. He, um, this is, like, a startlingly good reenactment of this day like the actual footage so they go inside and he like half-heartedly opens pantries and stuff looking for shenan like she might be in the cupboard like just hiding hello hello (laughs) he moves a can of beans he's like hey girl you in here (laughs) oh i remember one time she was in the refrigerator did you open the refrigerator (laughs) (laughs) he finds her phone and her friend Amber is like dude no she doesn't go anywhere without her phone this is like something is wrong the officer asks if they're having marital issues and he's like well we're separating like this is like his thing throughout this whole story is like that they were getting a divorce right Um, I hadn't told her yet but we were separating yeah Amber pops up and she's like, uh, she didn't tell me that. And listen, everyone needs a friend like Amber. Right? That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> if something ever happens to he, me, you're my friend like Amber. Like, you know, yeah. you know, you know everything about my life at this point. Yes, I do. He, quote unquote, finds Shanann's wedding ring and shows Amber. And he's like, see, I told you she wanted to leave me. And I'm like, dude, your pregnant wife is missing. So why don't we stop being a petty Betty about the fact that she quote unquote wanted a divorce and like, go find her. Hmm? (sighs) But how do you find someone who doesn't want to be found? Aaron, how do you solve a problem like Maria? How do you hold (laughs) a moonbeam in your hand? The officer at this point says they better head next door. And he's like, for what? And maybe it's because his neighbor has surveillance camera footage that happened to catch Shanann's driveway the whole night. Oops. Man, when you can't even be bad good, you just need to quit. (laughs) Yeah. 
They go over and watch the video. He points at himself loading the truck and lists all the things he had to load up to take to work. So this is all totally normal. No sign <laughs> of Shanann leaving the house. He's like, yeah, axe, hammer, dead body one, trash bags, paper towels, dead wife. Oh, I already said that. No, that must be shoes. Yeah. That's like Stacey Caster. When I put the antifreeze... <laughs> Good. Um, so there's no sign of Shanann ever leaving the house. Um, he's acting super dodgy and weird. And the officer tells him that detectives probably want to talk to him. So he leaves. And we cut to the interview again. He, oh, the, the TV interview. He says none of this feels real. It's like a nightmare he can't wake up from. But he's so, like, detached and even toned and like you said dead eyed it's kind of terrifying to watch it if you watch like the real footage uh-huh. it's very spooky um Nikki is watching the news clip and finds out that Shanann is pregnant and what a fucking way to find that out oh my god Ooh. When she questions him via FaceTime, he says that it's not his child. I thought you said Facebook, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Wrote at <in> his wall. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> um, Three friends have disliked this post. <laughs> um... Nikki is done with his crap, though, because she tells him to stop lying and then ask where he is. He's in Cece's room and all she like her eyes go really wide and she's like, where are the sheets? Oh, shit. Yeah. He's like, oh, I had to wash them because they smelled. And she's like, I have to go. And she hangs up on him. Did they smell like iron and other blood smells? Maybe. Oh, God. Back in the interrogation room, Tammy Lee brings in her buddy Graham to talk about his test results. Surprise! He failed, like, a lot. Like me (laughs) in 10th grade math. (laughs) He He says he didn't lie. And Tammy says, explains to him that he is for sure lying. And now it's time to tell the truth about what happened. He confesses to having an affair. Oh, that's the thing. They come in and start asking him about, like, why he failed the polygraph. And he's like, must be because I'm having an affair. Case closed. (laughs) You caught me. (laughs) Nice work, officer. Not not illegal. Gotta go. He confesses to cheating on her. And he feels, like, super bad about it, though. He didn't mean to hurt her, you know. Graham points out that they actually didn't ask about infidelity in the test, so it doesn't explain why he failed it. Uh, Well, what you don't understand about polygraphs that I do is that if you're lying about anything, it catches you. So, guess I'm right. Graham says the reason they didn't ask him is because Nikki already came in and talked to the police. Tammy goes to talk to his dad, who says they really need to get back out there and find the girls. His dad says he just can't believe Shanann would do this, and I hate this guy. 
in the room, Graham says that having an affair is not a crime. They just need to help finding Shanann and the children. So they start peppering him with questions, and they finally suggest that maybe Shanann did something to the kids, and he lost his temper. And I know in my brain that this is a legit interrogation tactic. But, but I still hate horrible. it. I hate it so much. So he, of course, sees this as a way out, as was intended, and he latches onto it. He asks to see his dad and tells him that he caught Shanann killing the children, so he killed her. Victim blaming your own victim is the worst. I mean, you know those times when you see someone killing someone, so you got to kill someone who is killing someone so that they can't kill nobody else because you was killing someone who was killing someone who might be killing someone else. And then all of a sudden it's a big chain of killing people, killing people. And what's that? What's that uh, meme that says when you kill a murderer, the number of murderers stays the same? (laughs) (laughs) I hate this. Okay. Um... Anyways, so now he's hanging his head in pretend shame while Tammy Lee and Graham push an aerial photograph of his worksite over to him to point out where Shanann, Bella, and Cece are. He circles some spots and we cut to the search team around the area climbing into the towers to pull his babies out of them. No, don't. Uh, I I think I'm going to go while you finish this. I'll just be nope, in the other room. this is... This is cut with their murderer telling his sad, sad, fake-as-fuck story about how he happened upon Shanann just murdering their children for no discernible reason. And then he just snapped and killed her. And this is like, it was self-defense, probably have a nice day. Man, I hate it when I have to murder my wife because she's murdering my kids. (laughs) Like... Like I, I, he he doesn't even like come up with a motive. Like, no, he's just like I don't know what happened. Must be those pregnancy hormones. (laughs) Fuck you, two middle fingers. I'm in fact I'm adding two. Also, you got four middle fingers way up. Ugh. We're like the new Siskel and Ebert, or Ebert and Roper, whatever they are now. Four middle fingers. <laughs> so he like tells him, he's like, how else could I have reacted? There's no, there's literally no other way to react than to kill this person. Um, he says that his family told him before he married Shanann that she was unstable. And just look now, they were right. Don't you hate when your family tells you you're marrying a murderer, but it's actually you? Yeah. <laughs> uh and at this point, I wanted nothing more than for Tammy Lee and Graham to reach across the table and clock this motherfucker in his head. I just can't. The only thing here that makes me have a sliver of hope that is that Tammy Lee and Graham do not believe a single word of what he's saying. They ask, now that they've found the bodies, what is going to happen when the evidence comes back and doesn't support his claims? He just promises that that won't happen. And since he has such a good track record of telling the truth, they're like, okay, have a nice night. Oh, our Uh, work is done here, sir. I'm so sorry. Yeah, sorry for the trouble. Tammy Lee says it doesn't make sense because Shanann seems like a pretty good mom. And he says, well, I'm a pretty good dad. He said, she said, but because he's a man, it's actually true. I was like, you are actually a terrible father sir (laughs) 
really bad, like the worst. Um, Aaron just walks into his trial and hands in this Lifetime movie, like, here's exhibit A. <laughs> Tammy Lee is still not buying this, so she asks if he ever thought of calling an ambulance when he, quote, saw Shanann choking the girls. Graham jumps in and says, you know... He and Tammy Lee are just probably very cynical about this stuff, but it does look like he wanted a new life, and the only way to get it was to kill everyone in his family. Graham adds that if he ever came into a room and saw his own child decapitated, he would still call an ambulance because, duh. Not me. If I walked in and found my child dead, I would hide the body so I could protect my murderous wife. Sure. So he tell like Graham tells him that he's either a monster that wanted his hot girlfriend or something else, and then he shakes his head. <laughs> Another officer comes in and officially arrests him. Bye, bitch. Another news story runs after they find the bodies. We see Nikki on her couch, just shell shocked, and I can't even imagine how that poor woman must have felt. Right, that's awful. Ugh. Um, they play that video of Shanann professing her love for him. And apparently this is where I decided it was going to get dark. So cool. Tammy Lee and Graham go to visit him in prison in Wisconsin, by the way, where this he, where he belongs. Um, <laughs> right. They butter him up with some bullshit before getting down to the nitty gritty, which is his story was complete crap. And they want to know what really happened. And now that nobody is looking to file new charges, they're hoping that maybe he'll just tell them. <sighs> he says he loves Shanann, but Nikki was like a drug and made him feel important. I'm st- I'm glad he somehow found a way to make it Nikki's fault. Yeah, totally. Um and I was like, well maybe she did make him feel more important because his wife was doing things like raising their children and other and like annoying things growing like that. an entire human being mm, yeah but that doesn't then justify murdering your entire family because someone else makes you feel better about yourself um they have these newfangled things called divorces and you could avoid it this whole thing um he then obliges their request for the truth and begins to tell a story that i for one do not entirely believe so take that for what it's worth and we cut back to Shanann arriving home that morning. She goes upstairs. They have sex. But afterwards, he comes out, wakes her up from a dead sleep, and says they need to talk. She tries to roll over and go back to sleep, but he climbs on top of her and insists that she wakes up. He tells her that the sex didn't feel right, and she tells him that he's crazy and pushes him off of her, saying that he's going to hurt the baby. Finally, the shoe drops and she realizes what's going on. She tells him to just say it and he says that there's someone else. Shannon says she knew it and he's disgusting. She calls him pathetic and he says he doesn't know what he wants. Shannon says she knows what she wants. She wants a divorce motherfucker. Not only that, she's going to make their lives hell. Or since he's made their lives hell, she's going to make his life so much worse. She says she's going to tell everyone what he did. And between spousal support and child support, he won't have two pennies to rub together. And additionally, if he thinks she's sending her children to hang out with his whore, he's got another thing coming. She tries to kick him out of the house, but instead he grabs her by the neck. 
and we see the whole thing. I cannot describe this, nor do I want to, so I'll just say that was awful. Um, and our edit of the week, while he was strangling her, the light in the room turns red, just in case nobody can tell what's happening is very, very bad. Um... Also, I just want to say again that I don't believe that this is what happened. I think he attacked her in her sleep. But also, if this is what happened, if he confessed his affair and she lashed out in anger, that doesn't mean he's off the hook for then murdering her. And the kids. This whole narrative of, well, she pissed me off. What else could I have done? Is so tired and stupid. He's telling this story to try and blame Shanann for her own death, and he can fuck right off with that. The person responsible for Shanann's death is the person who murdered her. And if you think we're done now, you're mistaken. So he tells Tammy Lee and Graham that he was just so mad that night. He tried to let go of her, but he just couldn't. And Tammy Lee asks about the girls. We cut back to the night of the murder. He is dragging Shanann's body down the stairs. It's wrapped up in a sheet, and you can see her head hit every stair on the way down. Oh, my God. And he gets to the bottom, looks up, and his girls are standing there. He puts everyone in the truck and drives to his work site. The girls cry in the back seat. Um... I'm sorry. The girls cry in the back seat for their mommy and he just shushes them. They blessedly do not show him murdering his children. Oh, thank God. But we do see him drop a tiny blanket wrapped body onto the ground. What really fucking got me is him describing Bella asking him, quote, is the same thing that happened to Cece going to happen to me? No. Uh uh. And he tells her yes, and he's murdering her while she screamed, Daddy, no. Daddy, stop. He says he's sorry, but he can't take it back. But he still doesn't cry. Tammy says, nope, you sure can't. And they come and take him away. Rotten hell, motherfucker, good riddance. Tammy tells Graham that it still bothers her that Shanann didn't have any defensive wounds. The entire time she, so her theory is that the entire time she thought he was going to let go. Like, until the very end, she thought he was going to let go. Okay, I can see that. Um, they take him back to his cell, and Cece and Bella are there, like, in his cell staring at him. And the ending says, quote, The murderer is currently serving five life sentences without the possibility of parole for the murders of Shanann Watts, Bella Watts, Celeste Watts, and Nico Lee Watts. I hate you. Goodbye. Do I gotta? Yeah, I did it. Yeah, you did enough for both of us. Oh my god. I hate this guy. Okay, so. This is horrible. Everything sucks. I was very surprised with how. I was very surprised with how graphic they got towards the end. Yeah. I wasn't expecting All right. Well, I am. That's why I had PTSD nightmares for a week. Yay. Yeah, right. Like, I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't who has been in any kind of similar situation. All right. So... I have lots of sources this week. I have um, 
an article that ran in Good Housekeeping by Heather Finn called The Heartbreaking True Story of Chris Watts and His Wife and Daughter's Murders. I have... That pisses me off. Uh Uh-huh. I thought the same thing when I read the title. Use their name. It should be the heartbreaking murder of... Shanann Watts, her children, by their father. Uh Uh-huh. Slash husband. (laughs) Um, Watts family murders in Wikipedia. Um, Chris Watts from biography.com. A... um, an article by Alicia Fieldstadt from NBC World News called Bombshell Information from Girlfriend of Chris Watts Helped Investigators. And then finally, from a happy pregnancy announcement to a shallow grave, the full ti- the full timeline of the Chris Watts murder case by Ashley Coleman. Uh, and that was from Insider. Um, so... A short version of events, and then I'm going to kind of get into some specifics from the timeline. Um, around 2 a.m. on August 13th, 2018, Shanann Watts' friend, Nicole Atkinson, dropped her off at her home in Frederick, Colorado, following a business trip they'd taken together. But when Nicole tried to get in touch with Shanann just a few hours later, she couldn't get a hold of her. And after Shanann missed an OBGYN appointment, she grew worried. Nicole decided to call Shanann's husband, Chris, at work. She also called the police. So I like that she started with calling the police, like hung up with Chris and then immediately turned around to the police because you cannot trust Good girl. Yep. On social media, of course, the couple seemed like a perfect, like they had a perfect marriage. Um... But Chris Watts had secretly started to see a co-worker telling her that he and his wife were in the process of separating, which is not the same as separating and it's not the same as separated. No, but I will also, and this is neither here nor there, but like the people I know that post the most lovey-dovey crap on social media are the, are unhappiest. the unhappiest people yep. I know. Mm-hmm. Um. Additionally, I do not want anyone to think that as I shit talk that I am shit talking the girlfriend. Um, the no, the only issue I have is that she had an affair with a married man, and that's not even that big an issue in the grand scheme of he killed his whole family. Um, so, um, anyway, while Shanann Watts and I really don't know how much she knew, right. Before everything happened. And you can't, you can't blame her for something she had no idea about. Like if she, and then turned around and did the exact exact right right thing thing. as soon as she saw it. Exactly. If he just kept lying and saying, oh, we're separated, we're separated. Then she really didn't think she was doing anything wrong. And she wasn't doing anything wrong. He was absolutely the one in the wrong. I mean, I also like, I think people are so quick to blame the other person. Um, and like an infidelity situation, but they're not the ones that broke their marriage vow. Right. They don't have a vow with anybody. Right. So. Um, so um, while Shanann Watts spent most of the summer in North Carolina with relatives, Chris spent more and more time with his new girlfriend and his wife noticed him growing more dis- distant. She desperately tried to salvage their relationship. Oh. 
honey, just take those babies and run. The police conducted an investigation of the Watts home that afternoon, and even though they found no signs of foul play, they did find Shanann's car and all of her personal belongings. So the next day, Shanann and the girls were officially declared missing, and the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, the CBI, released uh, endangered, uh, endangered missing person alerts for them. In the days that followed, I know we're all shocked that this happened, but Chris's story changed drastically. Hmm. I mean, that only happens when you're telling the truth. Right, right. You have to edit the truth a little bit. The truth is subjective, yeah. Right. Hey, Lady Gaga has a whole thing about how the truth is subjective. Mm-hmm. Edge of Glory was inspired by a series of events that nobody thinks is true. And she was like, it's my truth. Yeah. Good for you. Um, Look, I stand Lady Gaga, so. Right. Um, and the days that followed. Oh, that's what I already said. His story changed drastically. He initially told the police that he had no idea where Shannon, Bella and Celeste might be. And he began giving appearances, appealing to the community for help in finding his missing family. And... Something about Which them, really just pissed his girlfriend off. <laughs> right? Something about them really gave me a, a Patsy vibe. Patsy Ramsey. Like, like yeah. you know, you know how her wording was always weird in her, like, public videos? That's what yeah. I felt with his, too. You know, but I, I, I told you, well, I told you on the Snapchat, like, I read that book, The Cases That Haunt Us. Uh-huh. And by the line hunter guy and he'd worked on the Ramsey case uh-huh. and he says he doesn't think anyone in the family was guilty really that he thinks it's like basically impossible for anyone in that family to have done it I don't know I watched that one conspiracy special a few years ago where they said I the know, brother did it I well I thought I believe that too and it was after reading this that I was like maybe I'm wrong because he really pokes really good holes in that theory I don't know. I will choose to believe that they know exactly what happened because I like conspiracies. <laughs> um, in fact, if anything else comes out, I will be completely deflated. So, but Good I would, I would rather the truth than my conspiracy, but only by this much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, anyway, fucking conspiracy people are the worst. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Flat Earth right now? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Please, no. Meanwhile, Please, no. investigators from the local police department, the CBI, and the FBI had been going through Chris's phone records, which, I mean, we're all shocked, showed that he had been having an affair with one of his co-workers. <sighs> then on August 15th, Two days after his wife and daughter's disappearances, Chris failed a polygraph test. And that's when everything changed. So, I've watched documentaries about this case, probably all of them. Um, Which is why when people were coming on Twitter about how it was too soon for this, I'm like, if it's too, too soon for this, it's too soon for anything. Right. To me. But, like, Tammy Lee, the... Um, the real polygrapher, like she's on them and she like talks about how he basically, he failed like every single question. Right. And not like even qualifying questions. He failed like every single question. And I'm like, how do you fail every, how do you fail? What is your name, Chris? Right. 
<laughs> He's like, oh, I thought you said it with two S's. That was that was weird. You just held onto that S for a while. Or, or with a K. I thought it was Chris with a K. Sorry. <laughs> My name's the C. <laughs> Uh, can we can we try again? My name is Chris. <laughs> um, so interesting. After, whenever I think about him, I make that noise. <laughs> after he failed the polygraph test, he then vowed to tell the police the truth, but only if he could talk to Daddy first. <laughs> Investigators took a gamble. Look, I consult my parents every time I consider telling the truth. <laughs> JK, JK, JK. <laughs> um, investigators took a gamble and allowed him to do so, and somehow it worked. Um, Chris confessed to his father that he'd killed his wife. Um, and so not long after, investigators found Shanann, Bella, and Celeste bodies exactly where Chris said they were at a site for his work um, with Shanann's body in a shallow grave and the two girls' bodies in oil tanks. You put those babies in oil tanks. Burn in hell. For true. Like, no, whatever is worse than hell, that's where he should go. I don't know what what that is, but... Oh, God. There's a special place for him I think that's just sitting in a room with Nancy Grace (laughs) for hours on end. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it'll be him, Casey Anthony, and OJ down there. (laughs) Allegedly. I'm just throwing that in just to be sure. Um, So on August 21st, 2018, Chris was charged with his family's murders. And his initial confession, Chris stated that he had strangled Shanann in a, quote, fit of rage after watching her smother their two daughters, Bella and Celeste. And that um, that simple statement of after watching her do it makes it sound like he just like sat by. He's like waiting. He's like, he's like, I'm giving you five more minutes. Are you through throwing your hissy fit, Shanann? Shanann, don't do that. God. I hate him. So victim blaming your own victim is probably the most egregious thing. Right next to killing your children. They did nothing wrong. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. Um, but she, even then, I think blaming your wife for murders that you committed and you know very damn good and well that you committed is probably worse. Yes. Sorry, I'm going to shut up now. Um, she was upset, he said. <sighs> Have you ever been so upset that you murdered a child? Because that seems like a poor choice of wording. Just that just that one time. Erin, you're looking a little looking upset. I'm looking at the wave pictures on my TV. You need to calm down. <laughs> I do need to calm down. That's for sure. Um, she was upset because he tried to talk to her about separating and ending their marriage. And she retaliated by killing the girls. I'll show you what happens when you leave me. Like, what the fuck did he? Wait, but that goes against his whole story that she was the one leaving him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Initially, he said that he talked to her. And so she was like, I'll show you and kill people. You know women. <laughs> we sure we can't just kill this guy. After murdering Shanann, he took the three bodies to the oil site and buried them, he said. 
In November, however, Chris's story had changed again. This time, he confessed to killing his wife and daughters and pleaded guilty to all nine counts against him. Five counts of first-degree murder, including two additional counts for his daughters because they were children under 12. There you go. Yep. One count of unlawful termination of a pregnancy and three counts Mm -hmm. of tampering with a deceased human body. He... um, Got five life sentences, three consecutive, and two concurrent. So, like, he gonna be in there for a long time. Plus, well, he didn't get the possibility to parole either, so right. he is gonna be in there forever. Plus a total of 84 more years. But I just... Bummer. I just find it so interesting that they were consecutive, not concurrent, because often we see cases where they are concurrent. Uh-huh. But they're like, no, 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 nah, dude. You got 175 years before we add on the extra charges. Bye. Um, Although he pleaded guilty to all three murders, he hadn't yet told the story of what had happened the morning of August 13th, 2018. But in a five hour follow up interview. I still don't think he's told the story. I still don't think so either. Um, He said that after fighting with Shanann that morning about his wish to separate, Chris strangled her to death. While he was trying to bring her body downstairs, Bella and Celeste woke up and came to ask him what was going on. Then he loaded their and their mother's bodies into the or their loaded them and their mother's body into the truck drove to the oil site and smothered the girls one by one before disposing of all three bodies why Um, no um why I, I can picture myself mad at another adult not enough to like kill them but enough to like want to physically harm them but not my own kid yeah um so i will say i made that boy from scratch right i i'm not gonna hurt harm a hair on his head i'm not a parent so i can't speak on that but as a like as a teacher i can't imagine hurting children that aren't mine so i can only imagine how deep my love would be for a child that is mine well, and I just, I think it just comes down to the fact that he's probably a sociopath and those people don't have feelings. Right. They're not real to him. So that they, so I don't understand it because I do have feelings. Like, I don't understand what it's like to not have feelings. Um, so your movie, like the movie that you watched was surpri- not surprisingly in this case, but was surprisingly accurate, scarily accurate. I think that's what I'll go with. Um, I think they just watched all the interviews and just reenacted the whole thing. It was like a long, dramatic reenactment. Yes, exactly. Um, And so um, a couple of things that um, were of note that make this case so particularly rough on me and the reason why I needed some space is um, like on June 14th of that year... um, his wife, Shanann, sorry, I just went blank on her name. Shanann recorded a video of Bella, their four-year-old, singing a song about how much she loved her dad. Um, so Her Father's Day. Uh-huh. So they were just, his kids were devoted to him. Um, it was... That, All kids are devoted to their It was that parents. same day that he entered um, 
the woman that he had an affair with, he entered her information into his phone. Um, her name was Nicole Kessinger. I had to find it. Um, and so, like, this duality started well before things fell apart. But he tried to hold to things were falling apart, and that's why he started to live a double life. Mm-hmm. But Nabra. Um, so on June 17th, three days later, um, Chris Watts told um, Nicole that he was married and has kids, but he's in the process of separating. Um, that was the same time that Shanann wrote a tribute to him on Facebook about how incredibly blessed they were to have him in their lives. Um, I mean, it just, it was just blow after blow. I'm not going to read this whole timeline. It's available. It'll be in our show notes. Um, what I will say is there was an incredible amount of strength in Nicole Kessinger coming forward and giving all the information that she did. Well, can you imagine how terrifying that is? Oh, yeah. I mean, no, I can't. I mean, he knows where you live. And now you know exactly what he's capable of. And now you, yeah, you know by watching that what he's done. Um, this. I'd be like, yeah, I'm coming to the police station. Also, I live here now. Right. So (laughs) this timeline felt very invasive for me. So I have been known to read court documents and look at all of the, um, evidence submitted and all that but this particular timeline with screenshots of texts and letters and facebook posts felt so invasive to me that i felt oogie reading it all yeah no i understand that um i just the the graphic nature in which he so chillingly describes murdering his children makes me sick yes and also the the violence against his wife was the violence against shanann was tough to deal with having been through similar situations like that was hard i need i needed a break yeah and now i need another one so that good thing we're done for a little bit yes absolutely (laughs) um so i'm not going to like i said i kept my notes bare bones and i was going to go over a little bit of this timeline but i just can't um so my part is short this weekend i don't feel sorry for it um so do you have a lifetime movie of the week Yes, but I'm about to tell you about it on Patreon, so you'll have to go join our Patreon. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Um, yeah, it's going to be much funnier, kind of. <laughs> Thank God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'm still wanting the herb, the the LuLaRoe leggings movie. Right? I'm here for that. I am too. Just people in ridiculous leggings. Or the Advocare movie. I'm there for that one, too. Yes! I love white-collar criminals. And I think with all the stuff coming out about uh, Lori Laughlin lately, they need to make another college admissions scandal movie that just strictly focuses on her and how dumb she is. <laughs> um, so, I recently heard about... Um, 
the murder of Abraham Shakespeare, which, first of all, I think is the greatest name of all time. Probably. Um, he was a man in Florida who won the lottery in Ooh. 2006. So mm-hmm. um, he won the $30 million jackpot. And he was really generous with his money. Like, he just gave it out to people. Um, he he felt like it was sharing the love until he felt like he was being used. Like, that people were just crawling out of the woodwork who were his friends all of a sudden and wanted yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's not cool. No. So, um, he hired a woman named Dee Dee Moore to manage his money. And so she did a, she had a different definition of managing money than I do. Um, because okay. she managed it straight into her bank account and. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then murdered him. I'm familiar with that method of managing money. I don't, I don't partake in it myself, but I know people who do. Right. Uh-huh. You do. In fact. Um, so mm-hmm. she, um. She got control over all his assets and all his money. And then a few weeks passed without his family hearing from him. Um, so they reach out to him. So um, they receive a letter back from him that says, hey, don't worry. I'm okay. I just need some time to myself. I love you. Um, the problem is Abraham Shakespeare was illiterate and couldn't have written that letter. So, um, I mean, talk to text is really making great strides now. Right. <laughs> a handwritten letter these days. So, um, <laughs> police were notified and they found Shakespeare's body buried on Dee Dee Moore's property. Like she couldn't even think of a more inventive place to go. <laughs> Do better. So I want to see this movie. <sighs> You look like you want to go to sleep. I do, and I still have to pack. God. I thought Sarah was packing for you. I don't, I don't hear her moving. I think she fell asleep without packing for me, which is fine. Oh, maybe. Because she's tired, too. All right. What are we watching next week? Fuck. Amen. Oh, we're going to do the... Let's do the... Um. What were we going to do last week? Drew Peterson? Drew Peterson. Let's do Drew Peterson. Okay. Cool. Because I will tell you, uh, take doing this was all my strength, and I cannot do the movie that's on Lifetime this weekend about the girl who, whose rapist sued her for custody of their child. Yeah, no hard pass. I can't do it. I don't know that we'll do that one, period. No, I don't think we will at all. I'm not planning on it. I'm just, I'm like literally saying right now I can't do it at Good. all. Then I support you, and I support us. Thank you. And uh, we do we. We do. (laughs) (laughs) We know English real good. (laughs) Look, I was channeling my inner Miley Cyrus. We run things, things don't run we. (laughs) We can't stop, we won't stop. Exactly. Dancing with Molly. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) And on that note, before we get copyright infringement filed against us. Yeah, for real. Um... Thank you for spending your time with us. Um, and to show that you love spending time with us, why don't you leave us a rate or review on iTunes or Spotify or yes. wherever you listen to us. And subscribe and subscribe to our Patreon because covering this sucked. And so if you want to hear a really, really funnier story, come over to Patreon. 
which I don't know how you could get any funnier than what we just delivered. That was class Jesus. A John Mulaney content there. <laughs> oh, God, I can't. Okay. We gotta go. <laughs> All right. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Where can the people find us? Facebook at facebook.com slash lifetime sentence. Instagram at lifetime sentence. Twitter at life sentence pod. You can shoot us an email at life sentence podcast at gmail.com. No. Lifetime sentence. Lifetime. When I say life sentence, that's what this episode yes. feels like to me. It has been a life sentence since we started. <laughs> Lifetime Sentence Podcast at gmail.com. You can find our episode notes one day at lifetimesentence.com um, and patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. Basically, just Google Lifetime Sentence and click anything that has our names. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> no, wait. Don't forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>